everyone. I am G-Man. That there is T-Money. Welcome to the April 27th Father, Son, and Holy Sport Weekly Podcast. Get ready. The 22 NFL Draft is here. We've been waiting for this moment. It'll take place at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders. The first round's tomorrow, T-Money. We're recording on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the draft. Rounds two and three take place on Friday, and then rounds four through seven on Saturday. All of you guys can check it out on ESPN. It'll be coming at you. Check it out there. But we're going to give you the lowdown tonight. What are you thinking, Team Money? Anything on your mind here before we roll in? Just excited to be back talking, you know, little vacation for us and, you know, ready to get back and dive into some football and talk about maybe a few Cincinnati Bearcats that can make an impact. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. They're looking good in the draft here. Let's see. But hey, y'all do a favor. Press the like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. And like I said, I'm G-Man ST Money here with you, bringing you football energy with the April 27th edition of the NFL Rundown. It's a special segment of the Father, Son, and Holy Sport Podcast Network brought to you by our friends at Wombas IQ. Okay, before we roll into our first question, a little summary of the draft, kind of set it up here, Team Money. All right. Jaguars are number one overall for the second year in a row. Okay, and we got the Jets and the Giants. Each have two picks in the top 10. Jets and Giants. We got eight teams that have multiple first round picks and other eight teams that have no first round picks. And do you know there's no team with a winning record making a pick until pick 15? That's the Eagles. They were nine and eight wild card. No winning record in that first 15 picks. Crazy. So little, little tidbits there for you, man. Yeah, crazy. And if no one else, if there's no trades in this draft, little history for you this will be the least amount of teams to ever draft in the first round since i believe 1967 so well there uh, you go just you know not a lot of teams drafting you know teams like the browns and the pack are the raiders and people like that you know only only 26 teams i believe this year so it's going to be a fun draft a lot of teams multiple picks that means people can move up or people are looking to move back yeah yeah okay man you're, you're supporting my intro I, li- I like that you're bringing in some cushion Come supporting on. the g man bouncing on my cushion man yeah hey. i got you <laughs> hey let me ask you man let's look at the draft who's the best player look i'm not biased or anything here oh but sauce Gardner's the best player in this draft the cornerback out of cincinnati <laughs> is clearly the best player in this draft elite elite lockdown defender higher ceiling than aiden hutchinson and some of these linemen here he just didn't get to play against some of the top tier talent but even Nick Saban said when he played them in the playoff, he didn't even think to throw to Sauce Gardner. He planned to not even throw near him. He never allowed a touchdown in college and didn't allow a catch longer than 20 yards all year last year. He anchored one of the best defenses in the country, taking a group of five team to the playoff. This guy's a leader on and off the field. Over six foot, huge wingspan, great man cover guy. He could be the next elite cornerback in this league, and that is valuable. He is the best player in this draft. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people. We're on the street in the NFLs. Multiple teams have him as their number one player. So you're not alone. A lot of the big scouts have them them number one. I can live with that. I don't think he's going number one. No, he won't. Who's the best player? 
Uh, maybe he is the best player. He's certainly in the top five, I would say. Uh, let's look at, you know, those top players that go. I'm going to kind of turn a little bit, say, I think for the first four players in this draft are all going to be defense. It's going to be Gardner, who you just mentioned, and probably three edge rushers. In those first four, it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, of course, Hutchinson from Michigan, the edge rusher, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, the edge rusher, and Thibodeau from Oregon, the edge rusher there. Uh, now, I like Aiden Hutchinson the best. I don't know that he'll go number one, but he's definitely going to go one or two. He's 6'7", 260. Uh, uh, it would be great if he went two. He'd go to Detroit at yeah. two. That would be freaking crazy. Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson, I like the best. I think he played at a high level against great players, and he's big and fast. I think out of the four that I just mentioned, those four defensive players, I, I'll go with him as my top. All right. Love hearing Gary Ross talking about a Michigan player is the best guy in this draft. Let's just keep that on repeat for the rest hey, of the year. Hey, I love Tom Brady. I just don't love where he went to school. You know. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I, I think a lineman is going to sneak into the top four. So there could be a line. Well, you think an there. offensive lineman? Yeah. An offensive lineman. will one, two, um, I, you know, with Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit, man, they couldn't run that in quick enough if he wasn't drafted number one overall by the Jags, which I think will be a mistake. The one thing the Jags need here is they need a culture changer and a guy with stability. They don't need to reach for a guy like Trayvon Walker, hoping he becomes the best linebacker in the league. They need well, a B level guy who can be an A level leader in their locker room. That's what they need as a culture changer. And he's that guy. We got uh, Jacksonville at one and Detroit at two. The Texans at three. The Jets at four. I think all those go defense. Number five is the Giants. They better get one of those offensive linemen. They better. They better. It'll be interesting to see what these two New York teams do. Not a great history of drafting of recent. So let me transition here, though. You know, we're talking about these top tier guys. Who's the biggest sleeper, at least in this first round of this draft? Well, I got several sleepers, man. I couldn't even pick one. Oh, here I've we go. Several Gary sleepers. typically can't. Here's I seven can't. sleepers from Gary Ross. <laughs> well, here's my honorable mention. I okay. like Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 220. He ran a 4'5", and that hurt him. But the guy is great and big. He can play that position. I like Olave. Olave is not getting any love. I'm calling him a sleeper because he's rated now the fourth receiver. Yeah. I just think that's too low. Okay, here's my runner-up. I like Four George guys. Pickens out of Georgia. George Pickens. <laughs> I like six, him too. Three, 200. And I, I just think ACL. the guy can play. Yeah. I, think, I think the guy can play four or five, 40-yard dash. Uh, he's my runner-up, George Pickens, a running back out of Georgia. Okay, can we get to your uh, sorry, actual receiver? Can we get to here's your actual freaking pick? pick? Here's my pick. Okay, here's my pick. Defensive player of the year and Pac-12 champion MVP. Utah's Devin Lloyd. 6'3", 237, linebacker. Do you know he has the most tackles for loss in the Pac-12 since 2019? 43 tackles for loss. He plays linebacker. He has more tackles for loss than Thibodeau. All right. Utah's like Devin it. Lloyd is my sleeper. All right. I, I like it a lot. All right. I was only going to give one guy because that's the rules here. <laughs> All right. That's 
that's the rules here. But Gary, you know, typical Gary just gives all 17 of his picks here. So I'm going to do the same. Do you like any off, of mine? This is off the dome right now. Okay. Coming straight off the dome. Do you right like now. any of my picks? Two extra all? sleepers, two extra sleepers from Tyler before he gives his number one. Love Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. He was the best player and the leader of that championship defense. That's a guy you want on your team. Another culture changer type guy. He's going to go late in the first round him and the, and Lloyd from Utah, the best linebackers by far. Okay. The other guy, Tyler Lindenbaum, the center from Iowa. I know center's not sexy, but having an all pro center for the next 10 years, that is sexy. And this guy's going to be that. Ah. This guy, I'm telling you, is going to be going with a center on me. You're going center, a center from Cornhuskin, Iowa. Okay, that's but the overall best sleeper in this draft is a guy you mentioned, and that's Kyle Hamilton. Okay, Ah, okay, he is the best sleeper in this draft by far. Projected at the end of the season, just off film, to be a top four guy in this draft, maybe one of the best in the draft and it's maybe 40 hurt him he ran that four five, he ran nine, 40 one, he ran a slow 40 and now everyone is backing off this guy boohoo he's a safety he's not running with these wide receivers he's covering the back end he was the best player on a top five team in the nation this year in notre dame and was the leader of that defense he's got a great shoulder on his head does a podcast as well so i listened to him he's a very smart well, guy we gotta uh, respect that very smart guy. Elite in college was maybe the best player in this draft. Whoever gets him is getting maybe the next elite safety Ed Reed, Brian Dawkins type guy in this league. Top four, just off film, runs one slow 40, and now everyone is scared to death, going to drop into the mid-teens. That is a pure sleeper for anyone that drafts him. I love that pick. Okay, well, let's go to the biggest first-round bust prediction. Who's the bust in oh. the first round? I got one for you. This guy's going probably top six right now. Evan I already Neal. told you the top five. Evan okay. Neal, the offensive tackle from yeah, Alabama. Alabama, okay. big dude. This guy is a mountain, okay? Six, he is, seven, three, thirty-seven. He is massive, okay? He is really, really hard to move. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't move his own feet well. Okay. (laughs) He doesn't move well. Okay. Now, if if he was coming out as a guard, I'd love him. You can't move the guy guards. Great. But right now he's going out as a top left tackle, maybe. And I don't like it. All right. These elite pass rushers are going to run right around him. They're going to run circles around him. Buyer beware of this guy. Can't move his feet. Has a weight problem. Sometimes look at Makai Becton taken by the jets two years ago in the top 10 as a left tackle, six, seven, huge guy, weight problem. Couldn't move his feet. They're already moving off of him. Don't do the same thing as they did and draft this guy in the top 10. I don't mind him later in the round, or if you want to move him to guard or maybe right tackle, but he is going way too high right hey, now. Byer he's not beware. playing guard at 337 pounds. Hey, that. Just saying, G-Man, telling you right now, this all guy's right, going right. to be the bust. Of, you, you might be onto the, something there. In the top 10, no way. I'm going to give you – I'm not going to give you a straight answer to this, me? but I'm going to give you, gonna you gonna an answer. Me? I'm going to give you an answer, okay? Whoever drafts a quarterback in the top 10 Ooh. is going to be the biggest bust. Don't draft. Don't draft a quarterback in the top 10. Wow. That's the team that's going to bust. Let's look at last year. Trey Lance, highly rated. He had a tough time. He was number three, number three overall. Zach Wilson, number two pick overall. He's had a tough time. And Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick 
also had a tough time. And those three guys are way better than anyone else in yes. this draft. So, I mean, even those three guys have a tough time. You're going to take, you know, one of these other quarterbacks in the top 10. I think that's where the bust happens, man. Okay. few things here. All right. Totally taking a quarterback in the top 10, it should not be buyer beware here. Those guys deserve to go top 10 last year. They did. These guys, the reason I totally agree with you on this, and I actually had written down anyone that takes a quarterback in the top 20 originally as my biggest bus projection, but I changed it to go with an you, actual player. We're on the really support me tonight. You're I know, man. Tonight. You got some great, great minds thinking alike, but I'm telling you, I agree with you. None of these guys have maybe a first round grade on them. That's the reason you should have buyer beware. They all seem to have second and third round grades. So anyone 20 and after I could live with, but I agree with you. Watch out. Some of these guys don't have the high level ceiling or accuracy. Some of these guys that went these past few years. So uh, everyone's going to struggle going to these bad teams. I'm not going to forgive them for that, but these guys are going to maybe not be a starter in this league ever. If they go to some of these top 10 teams. I agree. So we talk about some of these busts. Now let's go to specific teams here. And we can talk first. (laughs) We can we can talk about the entire draft or just the first round, whatever you want. Who's going to make the biggest splash in this draft, G? Well, I'm going to give you those. I'm going to give you a little summary of last year. Just kind of reacquaint you okay. with last year. Who made the biggest splash last year in the draft? Do you remember that? The winners, the big splash winners last year, Cincinnati. They were thinking about going for a lineman. They were sitting there at five. They go for Jamar Chase. That was a win. Yep. The other big win, I think, was the Eagles in Dallas doing that swap trade. The Eagles wanted Devontae Smith at 10, and Dallas gave them 10, dropped back to 12, and got Micah Parsons at 12. The Eagles in Dallas and Cincinnati, I think, were the winners last year. The loser, I told you, I told you, Atlanta, at four, to take a quarterback. You pass up on Justin Fields and Mac Jones. You take Kyle Pitts. At number four, you were the loser last year, Atlanta. And now what happens? You need a quarterback. I told you, man. I told you. Now let's go to this year. Who's going to make the biggest splash? I look at who's desperate. Who's got to do something? One of my teams, I've got three. One of them is the Dolphins. They have to make a move in the AFC East for many, many reasons that I'll get into if we want. But they made some moves last year in this draft. I think they will be aggressive. I think they can make a move here and do something. I, I don't know what it'll be. I just think that they're going to be involved. The Cowboys, the Cowboys need a receiver, and so do the Saints. I can see the Cowboys are the Saints making a move. Right now, the Cowboys are at 24th. They get the 24th pick. The Saints have the 16th pick. Those guys could move up and take one of those top four receivers that we talked about earlier. All right. I like it. Anyone that goes for some of those receivers that really need it, I'm in. I think they definitely can make a big splash. I'm going big picture here, though, G-Man. All right, we're, we're zooming out. We're zooming Where out for, for, all right? Biggest splash of this draft is going to be Kansas City, all right? And it might not be too sexy, no. but I'm telling you, they have 12 picks in this draft, and this is how you start dynasties. You trade one elite guy 
when you have the quarterback and some other cornerstones, now they have a ton of Miami picks. They have their own. They have other picks that they've traded for. They had an excellent draft last year where they got three starters and they weren't even in the first round. All right. If they do that again and nail a wide receiver, they have two first round draft picks as well. They nail a wide receiver, completely retool their team from last year and this year. They could be set dynasty wise coming up here for the next five to six years. This is how you create dynasties. This is how Patrick Mahomes becomes one of the greats with this uh, team putting this together. They can make a really, really big splash for long-term view here. The Kansas city chiefs are in a great position if they know. Okay. okay. I like that. That, that AFC West, there's something's going to happen that with well, those teams in the yeah. AFC West are scrambling and Kansas well, they're city all giving is away in picks. good position. They're all giving away yeah. picks. Kansas City's right. collecting picks. They had to bring in the talent, so they give away the picks. Exactly. And so Kansas watch City, the splash. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. Kansas City in that first round, of course, thirty-two teams picking that first round. Kansas City sitting there with a twenty-nine and thirty slot mm-hmm. right now, but they could move up. Oh yeah, uh, I'll what, tell you. I'll what, tell you for who in a minute. Okay, well, let's go to <laughs> which team should draft a quarterback. In this draft, what are you thinking, man? All right. I like the Steelers because they're in win-now mode. That team is ready. But I don't know. Trubisky kind of seems just as good as any of these guys right now. So I don't know if this is one of the drafts to make that move. So I'm going Carolina as long as it's not the sixth pick. All right. Mm. They, but they need some juice in that franchise. They need some hope that coaches on the hot seat, the GMs on the hot seat. Be careful to reach now. Be careful reaching. But I think if you could get back into that back end of the first round and maybe snag one of these quarterbacks late in the first round, get his fifth year, you know, Willis or Pickett, who's ever left and at like 28, I think you could sneak back up there. Um, and I think they could really do with getting some juice, a new talent in there, get Sam Darnold out of there. Carolina seems to need it more than anyone else. Yeah, well, I like I like that. Choice of Carolina. I got a couple others. Of course, Carolina is sitting there at that six pick, and they don't have any others the rest of the first round. I'm just looking at their round right now. They're only at the number six pick. So the question is, do they take Malik Willis at six? Will they take that chance? That would be risky, uh, but we've seen other teams do it. I'll give you a stat. Since 2014, okay, so that's seven years. Since 2014, a quarterback has gone in the top five every year. This could be the year that that breaks. And here's Carolina sitting at six. And will they take Malik Willis? If he gets past that, I don't know if Carolina gets him in that first round. Well, then we go to Atlanta at eight. Atlanta needs a quarterback. Back sitting in. there at eight. Uh, so Atlanta sitting at eight. Did they take drafting. a quarterback? They're drafting. They're waiting next eight. year. They've already said that. Okay. I'm going to finish my comment. <laughs> I think Atlanta messed up last year, the Falcons. I told you guys. And now you're sitting there at eight. Hey, you missed on Fields and Mac Jones. Do you take Malik Willis? I think Malik Willis is the guy if they're going to take him at that eight spot. I don't know that I would totally frown on that. Okay. I I know I said it was a a mistake to do it in the first round, but these guys have nothing, Atlanta. What are they going to do? Seattle's at nine. What about Seattle? Are they going to take somebody like Willis at nine? And then my last question is the Steelers. Do the Steelers trade up? Steelers are currently, I don't even know if they have a top a pick in the first round. They don't 20th. have a pick in the first round. 20th. Oh, yes, they do. All right, they're sitting at 20. 
What do they do? They trade up to get Willis or they wait and they grab one of the quarterbacks. Those are the four teams I'm kind of looking at that are looking at quarterback. Well, I agree with you, Gary, but who needs it? Who's who, who should draft a QB? Well, yeah, those are the ones that need all it. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you a little rebuttal here. I don't think anyone should trade up for a quarterback. I think Carolina could easily trade up into the first round, right? I don't think they should take a QB. Atlanta's already said they're going to wait till next year. Their team's horrible everywhere. So they need to rebuild that roster before they bring in a QB. And Calvin Ridley's coming back in a year after a suspension. They could retool that one quickly. Um, and the Steelers, wait for Willis. Wait for Willis, man. Seahawks, your team's bad. Retool. Don't bring in a QB. I just think anyone in the top 10. Uh, I, I like Carolina getting an offensive lineman or an elite player at six and then trading back in to get Kenny Pickett at the end of the first round because the Steelers want Willis and Carolina likes Pickett. Uh, he'll be there at 25. I'm telling you right now. Well, uh, I think of those four teams that I mentioned, Atlanta and the Steelers are more likely to, more likely to draft somebody. I think when it comes down to it, Caroline and Seattle are going to go for the veterans. we got Baker Mayfield out there and Jimmy G. I hear there's a deal going down on draft night. Oh, really? Baker Mayfield, going to be a deal on draft night. Carolina or Seattle, probably going to take one of those vet quarterbacks and bring him in and not draft. We'll see what happens. All right. I like it. It's going to be interesting to see who they draft, but let's go to one of the better topics of this year. Got a very, very deep wide receiver class. Maybe not the elite talent of Jamar chase, but this is a deep, deep wide receiver class here uh, with guys like George Pickens. You've been talking about projected to go second, third round. Potentially that guy might've been the best receiver. Had he not been hurt this year in this draft. So very deep draft. Who's the best wide receiver in this draft class, G? Right, and George Pickens is my sleeper pick, but there's four yeah. that are at the top right now. Remember last year, three successful wide receivers go in the top 10. Jamar Chase, Waddle, and Devontae Smith, all were successful. I yeah. think that's going to get people, because there's no real quarterback or running back up there this year, those wide receivers are going to be hot. There's going to be hot action. For these four wide receivers, I think four of them going in the top 15. That's Drake London, the two Ohio State guys, and Jamison Williams from Alabama. I think those four go in the top 15. My top pick is Drake London, the big Ooh. dude from USC, man. Pac-12 player of the year, 6-4-2-19. Stats were better than Garrett Wilson's. If you look at his stats, yards after catch, elite. I think that Drake London is the top pick of the four. All right. I, I don't mind it. Hey, smart agents and managers out there of these guys. Drake London did not run the 40 because he knew he was not going to be fast. Look at him now being talked at as the best wide receiver in this class. Kyle Hamilton, take note. You shouldn't have run the 40 if you knew you were yeah. going to be slow. Just to remember yeah. that for future years here. Good I like point. Drake London, but like I said, he's not an elite speed talent, and it's hard to be just a contested catch guy if you're not fast and an elite route runner. Um, so I'm not sold on him, but I like him. My guy's Jameson Williams. I don't care. He tore his ACL. Guys these days can recover like ACLs are nothing. He was the best receiver in football until he tore it in the national championship. Uh, yeah. Like he can get over this quickly. He was also sp so 
supposed to contest for maybe breaking the combine 40 record. He was the fastest guy in college football last year, as well as an elite route runner. He could be a game changer. I'm going to tell you right now, if he's sitting at 15, Kansas City is packaging those or should package those first rounders. Go get him for those two first rounders. Seamless replacement for Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. And that's how you keep the dynasty going. Watch out for Kansas City to go after that guy because he looks like a better version of Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And, of course, uh, this, all those other three receivers, Williams, Wilson, and Alave, all about the same size. They're all six foot six one, all about 180 pounds. And then you got Drake London, who's 6'4", 219. Wilson, Williams, and Alave, about the same size. Uh, and all of them can run really well and run routes really well. So it's going to be interesting to see these four and how they pan out. Can they yeah. do what Waddle and Chase and Smith did last year? Three great draft picks right there. Hey, yeah. man, do you see anybody in this draft that could change the landscape? We look at these as we wrap things up or we look at these top teams we've been seeing, talking about them all the time. It's the teams that did well last year in the AFC and the NFC. Do you think any of these teams could change the landscape of of who the favorites are in Vegas to win it all if they draft a certain player? I am going to say the Jets. If they nail their first two draft picks, because they have two top 10 guys, maybe an elite offensive lineman or elite pass rusher, and then Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson, those are my top two receivers. Uh, you know, I'm I, I, just a speedster that's also an elite route runner. One of those two guys at 10, as well as, an elite lineman offense or defense could really change them. They kind of caught their stride at the end of the year. Zach Wilson, if he can, he played all right. These last few games, if he can take a big step, uh, I, I like them to maybe, you know, be a pretty decent team next year if they draft right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's, that's good, man. Hey, Hey, we hope you all had fun listening to the NFL rundown. We love bringing it to you. It's a special segment brought to you by father, son, and Holy sport podcast network if you're interested in being a guest on the nfl rundown reach out to us this show is sponsored by woundwise iq it's a patented mobile analytics software app that automatically measures and analyzes chronic and surgical wounds it's used by leading physicians and nurses caring for people that document their their healing progress just download the app from the app store you're ready to go hey we're gonna get ready to talk about the season and who did well and who did not next week. So get ready for that as we decompress and now look at the teams after the draft. Hey, what do they look like? Hey, if you love the show, like we love you, press the like and subscribe and look for some of our other shows and segments as we roll out and get ready for the 22 season. Look for us at Father, Son, and Holy Sport or check out our new website. You can get merchandise, get yourself outfitted for the season with oh, Father, yeah. Son gear, man. Father, Son, and Holy Sport.com. Team Money, enjoy the first round of the draft tomorrow night, baby. All right. See you. All right. Great. Let's let's do this uh, chug and chant now. Hey, I'm G Man. I have Team Money here with me, bringing you sports energy with the April 27th edition of the Chug and Chant. It's a special segment of the Father, Son, and Holy Sport Podcast Network. Hey, y'all, do us a favor press the like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. Okay. Hey, it's time. High up on the San Francisco rooftops. It's Cousin Randy for this week's Shogun Chin.
Hey, welcome into this week's Chugging Chin. I'm your cousin Randy, coming from the beautiful San Francisco rooftop. And I got one for you this week, the NFL draft on the way. And I'm going to tell you who the best quarterback is. I don't know if you're going to be able to guess it. You're right. You're right, probably. But I'll tell you once I chug this, and then we'll chant. Woo! You know it, baby. It's Desmond Ritter, obviously. This guy's the third winningest QB in college football history. That's right. I'm getting up and close because this is personal, baby. Yes, Desmond Ritter, the best guy. He might not be the most gifted like Malik Willis or have the most accuracy like Kenny Pickett, but this guy's got it all. He's the perfect package, and he's the most experienced. That's what he is. This guy is going to be the best for your franchise. He's a leader. He grooms men around him. He pulls them along. He could have gone stat heavy last year, but he didn't because he did what his team needed to win. Tom Brady's not the most athletically gifted. Peyton Manning isn't. They do what they need to do to their teams to win. Tampa, Tom Brady throws like crazy. At the Patriots, he doesn't throw like crazy. It's a run game. They do what they need to do to win, and that's what this guy is. He's a winner, and he's a leader of men. Go get you Desmond Ritter because this guy is the best in the draft. T-Money. G-Man, where do you stand on who's the best QB in this draft and Ritter? Okay, Cousin Randy laying the <laughs> gauntlet down. Desmond Ritter. I like how he downed the Bud Light to start things off, and now he's telling us, hey, this experienced guy that has it all, Desmond Ritter, is the best quarterback in the draft. I, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. He could be a surprise. He could be. I will not be surprised. If this guy evolves into one of the best, I would not be surprised, but I will not say right now that he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think that's Malik Willis. All right. That's fair. I think, he, you know, I think he could be, I, I, I'm a Willis guy because of his upside. I think yeah. uh, Ritter could start sooner than Willis. I think Ritter could come in and, you know, run an offense right now. He that led his be. own practices at Cincinnati. He would bring in the offensive line, the receivers, and the running backs and run practices without the coaches. This guy was running film sessions. He is an elite guy compared to some of these dudes that are in this draft. Um, I, I think he's ready to start right now. I like his all-around tools, but obviously Malik Willis's upside is much, much higher. Let's look at the positives and the negatives, starting with the positives of Desmond Ritter. He ran the 40-yard dash in 4.49. That was fastest among the quarterbacks. Yeah. His broad jump, 10 feet, 7 inches, was the third best, third best in 20 years by a quarterback. The guy's Crazy. an athlete. Crazy good athlete. athlete. Better version of Marcus Mariota. That's what I'm calling him. Better okay. leader. Better leader than Marcus Mariota as well. That's a key. Marcus Mariota wasn't a great leader guy. He had the traits, couldn't lead. So this guy, he's he's got it. He did step it up. He was not considered a pro athlete when he came to Cincinnati. Of course, no. he went four years and made that program great uh, by the things you're talking about. Being that leader, taking control, improving himself. He did not play well in the college football playoff against Alabama. Uh, no so offensive that, line, yeah. That hurt him. His performance, if you analyze the stats, his performance against top 50 defenses was not good. And his third and fourth down situations, especially his accuracy, throwing in those tight situations were, were some of the worst. So that's what's hurting him. 
Now I get that. I think the biggest thing is he knew what to check into. His pre-snap reads are great. He's seen a lot of the, the, you know, seen a lot of these films. He's, you know, because he watches so much film, he's played so many games. He has the experience. I think he can really transition well to run an offense quick and with the accuracy and everything. And, you know, all these bad stats this year, like I agree with cousin Randy here, he was playing to win unlike some of these qbs that were playing for stats a little bit more they're trying to make the extra throw there he's trying to not make mistakes because he's so concerned about making the right move and keeping his team in the game that i think he didn't make some of the throws that he could have that he didn't run as much as he should have when he could have he was trying to make the right move yeah well no i i I like what you're saying i like him too he, he has the leadership he is so poised back there. You watch yeah. him play the game. He's so relaxed. So calm. I mean, the guy's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I like a lot about him. I like a lot about him. I would not be surprised if he's really successful. Yeah. Hey, Last we thing hope I'll you say, love the- yeah, go real ahead. quick. This will be the best offensive line he's ever had in his life when he goes to the NFL. This- <laughs> hey, Give the guy an offensive hope. line. Give him an offensive line. Yeah. Hey, all right. So, hey, man, we're Ritter fans here. Hey, we hope you love the chug and chant this week. Special segment brought to you by Father, Son, and Holy Sport Podcast Network. If you're interested in being a sponsor of the chug and chant or maybe being a guest chugger with Cousin Randy, let us know. If you like the show, press the like and subscribe. You can find all our shows and segments where you play your podcast or look for our merchandise at fathersonandholysport.com. On behalf of T-Money, I'm G-Man. We'll see you next week. Peace.